0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Cool. All right. So just uh, getting into the Word and into this message, something I'm carrying in my heart. Um, we are, we're we heading towards sabbatical, which you found out last week. If you were here, Deb and I are having a sabbatical in, um, uh, for a couple of months in June. But the, the week before we go on sabbatical, We are looking to take up an expansion offering uh, for our church family. Um, Yeah, I I hear those claps from those few. And and, yeah, come on. Uh, Because we believe that the gospel is a gospel of expansion. Uh, The kingdom is a kingdom of expansion, and the kingdom is a kingdom that needs resourcing, And God has given us a vision, and He's calling us as a church, I believe, to lean in with the vision that He's called us to do. And it it, it means that we all need to actually engage with this concept that we are called to be a contributor in the house of God to see the gospel expanded and the kingdom of God expanded. Um, So... Next week, I'm going to actually hopefully put into your hands a full list of everything that we're believing for in regards to our expansion. And so, this is um, about our local mission um, objectives. This is about, you know, uh, uh, our high schools um, and things that we're doing locally, also uh, internationally as well. So, the other thing that is included in this offering is actually this church building and property. We're believing uh, for, for um, like this was a concept that we had actually drafted up um, maybe at the beginning of last year about what we could do with this uh, this space here. We could knock that whole wall out right there, take the main auditorium right back so we got one big room, and then essentially build a foyer out in the driveway. So that's, um, and then if we go to the next slide, um, that'll give you a little bit of an idea as well. Um hopefully if we go to the next slide but the movie Frozen is still happening no oh that didn't oh it was the one before sorry i didn't see the one before you're sneaky you're so sneaky. That one there, there. Well, you saw that already. So that's, I mean, that's not a, that's not exactly what it might look like. But we're just kind of thinking it could look like that. Um, and so this, the, and the idea is this: is, is just making more room for people to come to Jesus. This is, this is expanding our heart for our community, for our neighbors, for our friends. And so we want to, we want to um, spend, you know, a good part of this month actually talking about the gospel of expansion. And um, I'm going to be speaking for three more weeks uh, before we um, go on sabbatical. And and over those three weeks, I'm going to uh, cover Mission Builds Momentum. Uh, mission builds momentum. So today I'm going to do a week, uh, a day on uh, just engaging with our call or stepping into our call and uh, mission. Uh, Next uh, time I speak, I'm going to be talking about being a builder, you know, that God wants to actually unbox our life, that we're created to be a builder in the house of God and a builder in our community that, you know, Ephesians 2 verse 10, that God has good work prepared in advance for us to do, And so we're going to be leaning into that. And then the third week, I'm going to be talking about momentum. And uh, the kingdom is a kingdom of momentum, and it is a glory-to-glory kingdom. You know, when David took down Goliath, momentum shifted from the Philistines to the Israelites through one man who stepped up into his call, and, and But, you know, 40 days prior to that, the, the Israelites had been, you know, under the threat of Goliath as a, as a whole army. They were uh, lost and they were hopeless. And I just want to jump into 1 Samuel 17 here. It said, Goliath stood and shouted at the ranks of Israel, choose a man. Have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become subjects and serve us. I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing these words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So there was this oppression, But where there is oppression, whether it's in our lives or in our community, there is also a target for the gospel to go to. There's actually Jesus is a liberating God. You know, he wants to bring liberation. And we see this over and over in the Bible. Um, A few years back, I was driving through Sefton on the way to to Amberley for some reason. And um, suddenly I saw this magpie in the middle of the road in front of me. Anyone, you know, you see a bird, you're like, "Oh, that bird's going to lift off and it's going to fly away, and we're going to miss each other. It's going to be close, perhaps, but it's going to be okay." And, and so, this bird uh, is getting closer, and I'm willing it to start flying. At the same time, I'm, I'm applying a little bit of uh, a little bit of brake, um, and I'm like, "You know, fly a little magpie." And and it and, and then it finally it lifts off and starts getting those wings going, but it's too late and and I know, I know so unfortunately, slash fortunately, I hit it in slow motion. I was driving, so I wasn't running, but um and, and I hit it in slow motion, and it hits the front of the car. And and it's right at the peak of the the bonnet that it hits, so it doesn't go under the car. It slides. It's sliding because I'm going at about sixty k. It's going and it slides up the bonnet and it's it doing this flapping spats at that, at that point. And 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 then it comes up the window and I'm like, Grr. and and then it's flappy. And then and because of the momentum of my car and, and what it's doing with its wings, I actually end up launching it off I'm launching it off the top of the car and it sends it on its way. And we all clap for the magpie. Woo! And I said, that's a kick in the rear end, magpie, on behalf of all humanity for you dive bombing us. <laughs> but you know, the Israelite army that day were a little bit like that magpie. They were under the threat of Goliath, and they were sitting on the road, picking over yesterday's disaster, and looking at the remains of, the, of the, damage, the damage of Goliath's victory. And their environment was one of extreme oppression. Defeat, discouragement, the threat of slavery ruled the atmosphere, but God desired to get the Israelite army moving. And he saw their pathway to momentum. So this is where we enter David, son of Jesse. And Jesse had said to, to his son, Take some bread and cheese to your brothers who were warriors. And there is Elab, Abinadab, and Shema. And uh, this is the moment, you know, when David steps into the scene of his destiny and he thinks he's going there just to d- deliver lunch. But in the faithful delivery... In his faithful delivery service, like a pizza delivery man, he actually discovers his call and he's activated onto his mission. And And I don't know about you, but when I see a big, scary, hairy man, you know, I don't really necessarily want to move towards that guy. And and David, I think, you know, he stepped into that environment and he was like, you know, he just had opportunity to go to, like... I didn't see anything and, and, and just, you know, just walk away. But it says this. It says that David ran to the battle lines. He saw the threat. He saw the intimidation. He smelt the fear that was in the atmosphere, but he ran to the battle lines and he asked his brothers how they were doing. And, and he could have gone the other direction. He could have been like, guys, I have a giant allergy. I'd be keen, but uh, I'd, I, I, don't, I really don't like getting involved with people that size. And, and, you know, we laugh like, yeah, we all have giant allergies though, don't we? <laughs> There's something big that could come and threaten our lives. And we're like, I've got an allergy to that threat. I want to move in the other direction and 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 we could frame those as soul allergies I guess you know like man they they can be like the pollen to our hay fever the peanut to the to the lack of breathing in our throat you know like those allergies we don't want to inflict our body with with things that make us fearful or or scared and so what actually threatens us most often can actually cause an emotional allergic reaction. And when you think of David, he could have made excuses. He could, you know, he could have been like, I want to walk away. I am too young. It's not my fault that there's a war. If Saul was a better leader and and my brothers would just man up, you know, like I'm called to the sheep. I'm just serving my father. He could have been, he could have speculated because man, there's so much speculation going on, you know, and and, and not just just generation, but you know, you know, he could have thought, man, perhaps there is another path to peace that tolerance towards Goliath should be offered. He could have joined the media and become just another commentator of the situation. Because we can hide behind our allergies and go, oh, yeah, I've got every reason for not getting involved. I, 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 it's too big. And we can project these reasons why. Because they actually make a little bit of sense. It's not my fault. It's not my problem. It's, it's actually someone else's called to do that. But David wasn't one to shrink back. He ran to the battle lines. It says this in Romans 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You know, I just want to challenge myself with this thought. Today And if you get challenged as well, that's, that's, that's up to you. But unless our lives are not actually reconciled with the Spirit of God and governed by His presence, by His vision, a part of the leadership of our lives, we will never be able to face up to the giants in our world and then step into our call. Because our call is actually found most often on the other side of the giant that we have to face up to. This microphone was a giant for me. Public speaking was something I was completely terrified to do. But I know I've had to make peace with that and discover that a part of my call was facing up to this giant of intimidation and having a go. So I don't believe that any one of us are called to be locked up and governed by our physical, emotional, allergic reactions that we could be having and, and, and allergies that we're trying to actually stay away from, that we're actually called to have the lens of faith on and, and be led by the Spirit of God to face and confront so that we can step into our divine call and moment and actually access the grace that wants to flow through you. You know, if it can flow through you, God's going to give it to you. Those who water others will themselves be watered. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Like there's this alignment that, that happens as we step into the Spirit of God. You know, allowing our thinking and our vision to be governed by the flesh is like looking at life through virtual reality goggles. So outside of the vision of the Spirit, outside of being a, a son and a daughter of God, the reality of this world is a virtual reality. It is an inferior reality. And we're called to put on the lenses of the Spirit, to look at the challenges in our lives through the eyes and, and, and the thoughts of the Spirit, to have our mind submitted to the Spirit of God, so that we can be governed by the Spirit of God. And then it says in verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. There's a leadership that the Holy Spirit can give you that nothing of your flesh can actually offer you. Everything that our flesh desires outside the Spirit of God is temporary. It's focused on short-term gratification most often. Even, even if you're thinking of your retirement plan, that is actually short-term gratification in the, in the Spirit, in a sense, because it is just in the context of this world. God is, is wanting to speak to you and lead you and give you the lens of, e, of an eternal reality. Martin Luther King Jr. He preached this um, this passage I want to share with you in his uh, 1968 sermon entitled, but if not, and it's it's a it's hard hitting. And I say to you this morning that if you've never found something so dear and so precious to you that you will die for it, then you aren't fit to live. You may be 38 years old, as I happen to be, and one day. Some great opportunity stands before you and calls you to stand up for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause, and you refuse to do it because you're afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You're afraid that you will lose your job or that you're afraid that you'll be criticized or that you'll lose your popularity or you're afraid that someone will stab you or shoot you or bomb your house, so you refuse to take the stand. Well, you may go on and live until you're 90, but you're just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. I know, right? And the cessation of breathing in your life is but a belated announcement of an earlier death of the Spirit. Confronting challenge. It was only, what, five months after he preached those words that he was shot and killed for what he stood and believed um, you know what he stood up for—a man led by the Spirit, a man engaged in the Spirit life—did not guarantee him a safe, comfortable, convenient lifestyle. And and I'd be a lie to say that following Christ is is like getting a you know just a good package when you're going for me. What's the package? What's what, what's your offer, Jesus? What do you got for me? You know, as we engage in this relationship about, you know, my, me following you, <laughs> he offers us eternal glory. But the reality is, is that there's a sacrifice that comes with following him, with engaging in the call to mission and ministry, to living on purpose in the realm of the spirit, there is a cost. You know, when you think of Martin Luther King and the sacrifice that he made, it it became a tipping point. It became a tipping point for the reformation of the colored people of America. But he had to lay his life down as he followed the spirit. You know, Nothing is wasted in God's kingdom when we sacrifice and we serve another and we go out of our way for another person. Nothing is wasted in this life for the next. And on occasions when I've felt just tired of serving others, because that can happen at times. I think for any one of us, we can feel tired uh, of serving others and, and giving in unnoticed ways. Because that's also, because don't be what our human nature is like, I want to give something, but a little bit of accolation would be nice. (laughs) like, look at me sacrifice, but we don't do that. And we can get tired just serving in unnoticed ways. And I remember having a conversation with the Holy Spirit about this, and he just reminded me, you know, wasn't your prayer, Lord, use me? Oh, yeah. When you pray that, there is a threat of actually feeling used at times. (laughs) And it's not to say that we should stay in that place and stay feeling used and chewed up by life at all. But at times, there is a cost to serving and following and being diligent, being a diligent steward with who He's called us to serve and steward and go to, to encourage. Jesus said this um, in Matthew 22 For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And I used to hear that and think, that's a paradox. You know, like, that doesn't seem fair. How can everyone be called, but only some get to be chosen? And and Jesus is actually using this statement to summarize a parable that he was telling. And he's talking, Jesus is talking about a king who's giving a wedding feast for his son. And the, the king sends out his servants to call those who are invited to the feast. Like, come, you guys have got tickets, you know. You're in the inner circle, this is the Jewish, you know. Like, come and be a part of this feast. And then, the, and, and but not, no one came, they didn't come. And then, Jesus goes on and 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 he says, The king extends the invitation again to the original list. He's like, Hey, you guys, again, the door's still open. But this time they harm and kill the servant of the king. So the king decides to invite others. He sends out his servants to the streets to invite anyone he could find. And even though many were called, only few were chosen. Because they did come, the ones on the streets, they came. They weren't a part of the original invite list, but they arrived and there's so much that could be exegeted from this passage. But I just want to pull out this one thought that those who responded to the call, who chose to turn up to the party, they were the ones that became the chosen ones. The ones who responded to the call became the chosen ones. For many a call, but few are chosen. And I just want to give two thoughts just to leave with you today. Number one, to connect with our call We must identify ourselves as chosen ones. To connect with the call, we've got to see ourselves through the lens of being chosen ones. We need to put down our virtual reality goggles of this world and put on the lenses of the Spirit and see our eyes, see our lies through the lens of the Father because he's saying to every single person in this building, you're chosen. You're, you're, you're a son or a daughter of God. You're chosen. You're called. Come on. Come and be a part of the feast. Come and be a part of the banquet. Come and be a part of what I'm doing to bring reconciliation and restoration on this planet. You know, back before David, um, you know, just got famous, hit the news, at his moment with Goliath. He was, he was in the fields. He was serving. And, and, and he had big brothers that were off at war. And he was just like the little brother, the unnoticed brother. And then Samuel turns up one day, Samuel the prophet. And he came. And, and you know the story. He came and he looked at everyone who looked good and looked awesome and looked like they should have it. And, and Samuel chose David. And he said, you're the one and I anoint you as king. I anoint you. You are called. You are appointed. You've got destiny on your life. But I want to just frame it this way, that David did not become chosen until he stepped out of the shadows and he stepped up to Goliath and said, you're coming down. I'm looking at you through the lens of the Spirit as a son and a daughter of God, not a daughter, as a son of God. (laughs) And you're coming down in the Spirit. I can see your threat, but I see the armies of the Lord. I see and I hear the sound of God's armies. And how dare you defy the armies of the Most High God? So David became chosen when he stepped in and he responded to his call. He stepped out of the shadows. And maybe God's speaking to someone here today that it's your time to step out of the shadows. And see yourself through the lens of the Father. Number two, which is so similar to number one, to become chosen, we must step into our call. I don't know if you were um, here early in the year and we had our World Vision Choosing Party. Was anyone a part of that? It was pretty awesome. That happened. Where, where we had photos of ourselves taken for those who wanted to get involved and, and we sent them over to Nilfamari in Bangladesh. And then those ones over there chose us and they said, hey, I like you. I like your face and I like your story and I choose you. <laughs> and it's been amazing as a church actually for, for those who have committed to giving $50 or I think a month, is that right? Yeah, to lean in for five years to see transformation and the call of God actually rolled out in that region in Nilfamari. And we became chosen as we stepped out in our call to action to get involved with World Vision. After 40 days of the threat with Goliath, David became chosen as he stepped out and he engaged with his call to actions, he ran to the battle lines. Yesterday, David was just a boy. Today, he was going to become a warrior. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.